Welcome back, everybody, to the Stadium Journey podcast. Thanks for joining us this evening. Check out our website, stadiumjourney.com. We are the world leader in sports travel information with reviews of over 2,500 stadiums, ballparks, gymnasiums, and arenas from all around the world. 51 countries to be exact, I believe. Exact, I believe. Those don't go together, but you know what I meant. And we're more than just an awesome website. Connect with us on our social media channels. You can find us at Stadium Journey. And if you're a fan of the podcast, if you're not a fan of the podcast, we don't care. You can find audio versions of this podcast just by searching HIAC Talk Radio wherever you look for your favorite podcasts. If you like watching us on video, go to Stadium Journey's YouTube page. All the podcasts are there. And if you want to be part of our studio audience, we record live every other Tuesday night. Maybe a little erratic for the summer, but we record on Tuesday nights at 7 Eastern at danlaw.tv. Uh, first things first, let me introduce tonight's starting lineup. Dave Cotney's here in the top left-hand square. Follow him at ProFan9. Mark Viquez isn't with us tonight. He has a little car trouble in Wisconsin, but you can follow him at Ballpark Hunter. The above-average comedian Dan Colachico's here. Follow him at DanLaw83. And I'm Paul Baker. You can follow me at Puckman. R.I. So for tonight's show, we have had plenty of guests over our six-year run. We're on our sixth year, right? I believe we are. Who Holy have completed? Oh That's my a long time. god! I know, crazy, isn't it? God. I had a lot less gray when we started. Anyway, we've had a lot of guests on our show who have completed or who are pursuing unique sports travel quests, and our guest today certainly has a most unique and most impressive achievement. We're being joined tonight by a former Stadium Journey correspondent, Jamie Tozer, who has visited all 60, there is 60, right? Yep, all 60 Canadian Junior Hockey League rinks. Jamie, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for coming on with us tonight. Thanks for having me, guys. So uh, what would possess somebody, I guess, first question, what would possess someone to go to 60 Canadian Junior Hockey League rinks all <laughs> across the continent? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the that's probably the biggest question I think I get when uh, when I get asked about this is why would you uh, attempt to even do that? Uh, we understand. And, being yeah, you guys get it. You guys get it. You're the, the audience sickness, that understands yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I guess it kind of started when uh, way back when I was in in high school. I started a, a blog about the uh, St. John Sea Dogs growing up in the St. John area. Um, so that was way back in 2009. Um, still did it all through university. Um, Followed the team a little bit through the Maritimes. Um, you know, the six rinks here. Went to Quebec every now and then, knocked some rinks off then. But uh, went and did uh, my master's degree in Toronto. Um, started going to a ton of OHL rinks. Just uh, had a media pass. Thought just, well, I'm just going to hop into some of these rinks every now and then. Started following the uh, the Mitch Marner London Knights uh, on the road. Went to a lot of uh OHL rinks that year, uh, ended up moving back to the Maritimes in 2017, um, picked up doing a lot of the Sea Dog stuff again, started going to Quebec more often. Um, and then I started just with my job, uh, was a little bit unique at the time, pretty much had no chance to take any vacation, um, in the summer. So it's kind of banked all for the winter. So I started doing some, some trips around uh, North America to finish the NHL arenas. Um, and along the way, I was chipping away at the CHL rinks. Um, and then right around when COVID hit, kind of realized, wow, I'm actually pretty close to finishing all 60 CHL rinks. I only had about 
2025 left. Um, then after COVID, I actually started planning these trips a little bit better. Um, did some some mega trips, hitting you know five rinks in five days, stuff like that. Um, knocked the rest off pretty quick and uh, finished it off in uh, in March in Regina. Oh, only he... a true stadium journeyer would say, "Yeah, I'm almost done." When you still have twenty five left, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sixty ranks. So yeah, it's it's that's a whole done, league right? twenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so did you do like that Western Hockey League, like? like the players and, and hop on the bus and <laughs> or Drive hop in the car the and do that big road trip from <laughs> Brandon to Victoria or that honestly, that might've been the easier way to do it, but no, it was, uh, it was pretty, uh, pretty broken up in the chunks and a lot of it was broken up into hitting the NHL rinks. So, you know, I'd go to Calgary, Edmonton, hit the rinks that are around there, go to Winnipeg, hit the rinks that are around there, go to Vancouver, hit the rinks that are around there. Um, that just left some, some of the more obscure, uh, obscure in quotation mark rinks. Um, Saskatchewan was a little bit of a challenge, had to do actually three chip, three trips just to Saskatchewan to finish the, the rinks there. Um, Prince George is a really challenging one. <laughs> uh, fortunately Prince George is actually kind of a unique story though, cause, uh, uh, a good friend I used to work with actually lives in Prince George um and is an air traffic controller there so i actually had a, a you know kind of an excuse to go out to prince george and check out a cougars game had a place to crash there uh and uh he was actually working the day um i was leaving prince george and it was incredibly foggy um uh, really bad flying conditions and i had to be had to be uh in Kelowna that the next day to see a rockets game um unfortunately my buddy was able to get our flight up uh through some bad air uh so shout out to him um and then uh I kind of realized late in the game, um, the best way to knock off the WHL ranks is to look at the teams visiting from the other conference. Um, so uh, I looked at, I found the Calgary Hitmen, for example. They're they're heading out to the Western Conference. They're hitting all of the uh, Washington State and Oregon Oregon team uh, all at one trip. So just tagged along and followed that trip. That was a lot easier planning. Um, so I think. A lot of those WHO rinks, uh, if you want to hit a lot, I suggest, you know, looking at uh, looking at an Eastern Conference team that's heading west and vice versa. And you can probably hit a lot of uh, a lot of rinks that way. For those of our listeners who are not familiar with the geography of Canada, <laughs> I would recommend that as you're listening to this, pull up yeah. a map of Canada, because yeah, people say, yeah, a lot of travel from the East Coast of the U.S. to the West Coast. Like if you're going like Boston to San Diego. Yeah, that's 3,000 miles. That's that's small potatoes compared to what you're doing in Canada because, yeah. I don't know, was St. John's, did they still have a team when you were doing this? They didn't, um, unfortunately. Still, you're still I, looking yeah. at uh, the Maritimes all yep. the way across to British Columbia yep. and then down south into the U.S. as well. Yep, yep. Yeah, and Victoria is kind of like St. John's too. I mean, Victoria, um, I've actually been to Victoria twice now. I took flew there once, took the ferry the other time. Um, that's a challenging one to get to. Um, Cape Breton, um, it's easy for me, but for people from outside the Maritimes, that's a very challenging one. Um, I know there's been some studies done. The the Cape Breton Eagles, they have the they have the they put the most miles on of any team in the CHL each season. Um, they're not they're really not close to anything. Uh, they're about four and a half five hours away from their closest CHL team. Um, Bay Camoche, Kudami, those uh, Ruin Randa Valdor. Um, there's a lot of kind of isolated teams um, that are a little bit challenging to get to. 
but they're cool places and and I'm sure you guys can relate. They're places that I, I wouldn't have gone to otherwise. And there's some some cool things to see up there. Yeah, I think I think th- there is if you could do the whole thing, like there's something nostalgic about it where you can literally well, maybe not literally because you can't get Newfoundland anymore, but you could practically see the entirety of Canada. Yeah. Just going to see CHL games. Yeah. And, and, totally. and you know, we're not talking about, you know, oh, well, I, you know, I, I went to Vancouver and Calgary and Edmonton and, and Toronto and Ottawa and Montreal. You know, like you're really seeing mm. Canada. And, uh, I, you know, when I've done some of this stuff in, you know, uh, in Quebec, uh, some of it I had never even thought of before. Yep. Uh, but like some of these towns were built on hockey as an industry, right? So, you know, Sherbrooke was the home of Sherwood, yep. right? Which was a huge hockey company. Um, Victoriaville. Victoriaville yep. hockey sticks, right? You know, even, even uh, Bauer was headquartered in Kitchener here at one point in time. Uh, Kitchener hockey sticks. We used to have Hessler hockey sticks, which is Cambridge. And so, and you're going to get like, of course, Canada is, is just vast and different coast to coast, but you're going to get a, a real sense of the, the whole entirety of the country. you like going to see a game in London is not remotely close to being the same as going to see a game in Prince Albert. Yep. Right. Just totally, totally different. Yeah, and I mean, I'm I'm biased, and like I I'm I obviously follow the Quebec League the the most of the three leagues, and like the Quebec League is such a, a diverse league because you've got obviously you've got the language for for starters, um, but then just the the arenas and the geography, it's just all so different. Um, you've got you know super modern rinks, probably the two of the nicest modern rinks in in hockey in Moncton, the Avenir Center, and um videotron center in quebec city and you got some of the older rinks um you know shikudami is very old ruin Rand is really old um then you got it kind of got the in-between stuff in the 80s and 90s so um that's kind of like a reflection of all of canada you've got such a diverse um group of cities and group of towns group of stadiums it's really it's really cool and there's there's honestly like there's there's a sick part of me now that (laughs) that wants to go to wants to go to thunder bay because i've never been in that area and then i want to go to the the three territories as well just to kind of wrap that up so for those for those who who aren't entirely familiar with the canadian hockey league the canadian hockey league is essentially three leagues it is the western hockey league the ontario hockey league and the quebec major junior hockey league now of course my kids they get upset because the ontario hockey league has teams in michigan and pennsylvania and the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League has teams in Nova Scotia and New Brunswick and Prince Edward Island. Used to have one in Maine. Used to have one yeah, in Maine. Shut up the Maniacs. <laughs> I've been to that one. Yep. Um, and rank. of course, right now, we've got the Memorial Cup where you have the host city and the three champion uh, teams from each of the three leagues where they face off in, in a unique tournament. Can I interrupt you right there? Yeah. What happens if one of the champions is the host? Then the uh then the the next the runner up from that league? Yeah. So if for example like uh I believe Windsor when Windsor had it they were 
also the champion of the league. And then Erie, who played Windsor, well, yeah, who played Windsor in the final, I think, of the OHL. They, so they were the runners up. So they yeah. got to go. Okay. Yeah. In most sense. cases like that. Now, I think it was 1990 when Hamilton hosted the Memorial Cup and they, uh, the, the host team was the Dukes of Hamilton and they won something like 15 games. And, you know, they had to swoop in and decide that this host team was not an appropriate team to host the Memorial Cup. So they kicked out the host. They kicked out the host. Yeah. And that year, actually, that that was a pretty big year for the Memorial Cup because the winning team was the Oshawa Generals that year, which featured Eric Lindros, which who was probably one of the biggest first overall draft picks going. That would have been like kicking Tulane out of the NCAA baseball tournament this year. (laughs) Don't say anything else. What? Don't say anything else. (laughs) Uh, Dan, the lone defender of Eric Lindros. Ain't defending that man. (laughs) Don't get me started. I have nothing bad, but I have nothing nice to say. Okay. Yeah, Jamie, you kind of took my my question. I was going to ask you to compare and contrast some of the rinks across the country because, like you said, you've got like NHL caliber arenas like the one yeah. in Quebec and I'm sure a few yep. other places. And I know looking at Dave's reviews and travels through the OHL especially, there's some barns that look like they stepped right out in 1940 yep. as well. Yep. Yeah, and, and like the Quebec League is, is definitely the one that ranges the most, I think. Um you know, it's interesting, Quebec, um, how few, for a hockey mad place like Quebec, how few, you know, junior size buildings they've built over the past 20, 30, 40 years. Like a lot of the, a lot of the buildings that are in use today are, you know, are 50, 60 years old. Um, you'd think that a lot of those rinks would have been replaced along the way, but a lot of them are, are, uh, are still kicking. Um, haven't seen a lot of new rinks built, you know, Gatineau and Schoenigan, um, and obviously Quebec City, those are some of the more more modern rinks, and there hasn't been a lot other than that. Um, and then in the Maritimes, you've got kind of a mix of uh, of '90s and and a little bit newer rinks. Um, Halifax is quite old, but um, probably the marquee building in in the Maritimes. Um, the OHL, though, you know, the thing I I always remark about the OHL is that there's been so many rinks built since you know 2000. Uh, nice rinks, comfortable rinks, but you know they lack a lot of the a lot of the character that the older rinks have, they're kind of the kind of the standard, you know, single bowl, ring of luxury suites, stuff like that, open concourse. A lot am of them I are kind in of... Sarnia or am I <laughs> yeah. in Guelph? Yeah, exactly. 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 Uh, but yeah, there's still some cool rinks, you know, Kitchener's Kitchener's probably, I'd say, if not the best rink in junior hockey, it's one of the best rinks. Yeah, yes! you love that, don't you? <laughs> oh, God, never going to hear the end of it now. Don't have to kiss up to one of the hosts here, Jamie, just because he's got a Kitchener Rangers hat on. Uh, no, the, no, I, honestly, I, I struggled with when I started with Stadium Journey. I really struggled with the idea of, of Kitchener being as good as it was because I would. Yeah. You know, I didn't want to be the homer and people in Kitchener often look at London as the, as the rink. It's the one it's, it's there's, there's a bit of envy because it's a, it's a modern building. It's a bigger building. It's, you know, 10,000. They pack the thing every night. Um, They can get acts 
outside of hockey, like they can get acts yeah. that we can't get because of the size yep. and the age of the building. But the more I went through, the more I felt that, you know, like that Kitchener really was unique. Uh, and, and, you know, like all Guelph is nice and Sarnia is nice and Oshawa is nice. And they're all fine, but they just, they just feel almost the same. And, and, yeah. and it's that unique character. Like you couldn't have the same old building uh, across the, uh, across junior hockey as well. Like it, it would yep. be the same. It would lack that character, yep. but, but having unique spots creates that character. And, and yeah, I, you know, I, I have felt that after doing all of the Ontario Hockey League and almost all of the Quebec League and a little smattering at West, uh, but yeah, I felt I had to res I had to resign myself to yeah, you know what Kitchener is is the best, yeah. and I've and I've gotten into arguments with uh, with the we had Mike Farwell on and um, who's the the Rangers play by play guy and and you know there was a lot of talk kind of pre-covid about replacing the odd and we're like why would you do that like you, you know yeah. he said you're not going to go and replace wrigley field or or fenway park no they're I not quite they that old, but they're just it, there's just something special about it yeah yeah and you know i think it it kind of depends too on what you like i think you know i'm sure there's lots of people who would probably rank london as their favorite ohl rank because maybe they like the comfort maybe they like just the the ease and and the the shininess and the cleanliness of of london but um i like kitchener just because like everything about it's unique um you know one of those it to me it's it's kind of like a college hockey feel like it's a a really old rank that's just been constantly updated um, and it still has the that old classic feel, but all the modern amenities, uh, which I love. Yeah, I think it was built as kind of a, a with like Maple Leaf Gardens in mind for sure. With with a, with that sort of style, it's very uh, it's much steeper than your your typical newer yeah. uh, newer arenas. Um, I I think one thing I found unique about some of the other places like uh like in quebec especially is you could see how they took their old building and rather than sh you know bulldoze it they they plunked something on the front like uh, or or yep. they found a way to to add a whole whack of seats in the end yep. to, to kind of keep that going and and you know in this area in in ontario that has not happened right like okay well we're we're just gonna forget this we're gonna build something from scratch and yeah yep yeah and like ruin rand and valdor are perfect examples of that i think they both kind of have yep. that same design where they just well we don't we can't build up on the sides anymore so just put two seats two great big sections <laughs> of uh, seating in the end zones and and ruin rand i think is is close to kitchener uh, in my opinion in terms of like that classic barn that's been updated beautifully um has kind of the modern feel they've kind of the outside of it i think they've kind of lost some of the charm it doesn't have that, that classic brick that they used to have at when back in the dave keon days mm -hmm. um but the inside i think is beautiful and it, it it and it reminds me a lot of some of the some of the older uh, college parents and that and and that spot specifically linked with valdor like 
it has to be one of the biggest rivalries going oh, right? yeah. like they're just they're so close to each other and so far from everyone else yep yep, <laughs> yep. and you know not to get like too in the weeds about like the business of junior hockey but like i like those teams if one of those teams goes under like they're probably both going under like i don't think oh, one my. of those teams can survive on their totally. own i think that's that's totally they're totally linked at the hip even though they're huge rivals they're they're 100 linked to each other and and they rely on each other for uh for survival uh did you find that there was anything like that that, that there was any sort of character or, or something that that differentiated each of the three leagues. Like I think back to, you know, in the, in the old days, you know, the, the Western hockey league was the big bruising league. It was yep. maybe not quite the slap shot league, but it was close. Like the, the fights were in the Western league. The Quebec league was the high scoring, high flying, you know, super goalie, you know, everything was faster and smaller in the Quebec league. Ontario was kind of the mix of both. Yep. Um, did you find that there was any sort of any of those kind of characteristics or anything that sort of set the Quebec league apart or the Ontario league or the Western league apart from each other? Yeah, I don't think it's like, I don't think this, the separation is as clear as it used to be. I think they're all kind of, kind of following each other and they're more similar than I think they were, you know, even 20 years ago um certainly in quebec you know the biggest thing is is the atmosphere like the atmosphere in the rinks is just different um there's there's no i don't know if there's any rink in quebec maybe in quebec city where there's horns are banned horns are encouraged in quebec you don't see that uh almost anywhere else um these days so the the vibe in the rink is very different in quebec compared to the rest of canada um but you know in terms of the on ice product again like i think they're all a lot more similar than they are different now um, I think in the OHL, you still have a little bit more of that high end talent. Um, and that's just because of the, the population base they, they get to draw from. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, that kind of traditional style where definitely in the, I, I definitely think the WHL is still a little bit more physical uh, than the other three leagues. Um, but even that, I don't think it's quite as obvious as it used to be. Um, and it'll certainly be interesting next year because it looks like the Q is going to be banning fighting beginning next year, uh, banning in quotation marks because you know this they'll still be able to fight, but they'll be suspended. Um, so I think that maybe that'll create a little bit of separation. Um, but fighting's down everywhere, so even then, I I don't think it's going to create a huge uh, difference amongst the leagues. Do you see any uh, movement other than, of course? Hamilton and I expect that when you come down to Brantford because yep. you're hooked now you're you're stuck you've got to do it <laughs> yep uh do you sense any other any other movement that's going to happen before next year definitely not I don't I'd be surprised if it happens next year um I think Winnipeg is a mess I I don't know what's going to happen there um you know the the Kootenai Ice, they moved from BC to Winnipeg a few years ago, essentially on the promise that a new rink was going to be built very quickly. Um, a 5,000 seat rink in the, the Winnipeg suburbs. Um, still, we're four or five, six years after that, still not a shovel in the ground, no agreement, no, nothing has been done on that. They're still playing at a 
thousand seat barn uh, and it's actually pretty much a barn there's still like wooden bleachers um on the university of manitoba campus really cool rink though isn't it um, isn't it weird how like the winnipeg ice are like the junior hockey equivalent of the phoenix coyotes there's a lot of similarities yeah <laughs> <laughs> a lot of similarities a lot of similarities um, oh, i was gonna ask if winnipeg politics were the same as calgary politics <laughs> maybe maybe a little bit um that one's certainly uh one to watch because uh I, I you know the the league final would have been played in this barn this year but they fortunately the the winnipeg jets and manitoba moose were both eliminated from the playoffs so they could play um at canada life center but that i was really hoping that tsn was gonna be forced to broadcast from the the barn on the university <laughs> of manitoba but um unfortunately they found a new home um ohl is looking pretty good right now um, other than Hamilton moving, um, the Q, I think there's a couple to keep an eye on. Um, Bathurst has, has been, you know, I love Bathurst. I'm from New Brunswick. I I'd love to see them succeed, but they've kind of been dying a very, very, very slow death over the past 10 to 15 years. Um, so that's certainly one to watch. The thing about Bathurst is, um, if they leave the Maritimes, it really, it really wrecks havoc on the division alignment in the queue. So I think they're, they're trying everything they can to keep that rink, that team uh, in Bathurst. And if not Bathurst somewhere else in the Maritimes, I don't know where that would be, but um, it's, and it's, yeah. would I've heard rumors. Of, oh, I'm sorry, Dave, go ahead. Sorry. Would Fredericton be an option or I'm not sure what the, <laughs> what the arena is like in Fredericton. I know they have a huge university hockey following. Yep, Fredericton's an interesting one. They, like you said, they have a they have a thirty five hundred seat rink um, on the University of Brunswick campus. Great, great rink, um, like a classic, classic arena. If this was modernized, it'd be a unbelievable facility. Um, great following. They, you know, they get two three thousand a game at UMB, uh, but they would definitely need a new facility built. Um, and I don't, I don't see Fredericton just the way their, their political landscape has worked and the way they've been going about building arenas there. I'd, I'd be quite surprised if they built, you know, a 5,000 seat arena, um, over the next five, 10 years, but you never know. Um, certainly not impossible. Um, but I, I'd be surprised. Um, and I think, you know, UNB has a lot of power in the market right now. Um, and if UMB doesn't want them, what isn't okay with a junior team, doesn't want a junior team. I, I don't know how successful that would be. Um, and the other, the other market in the queue is the, the Blaineville, Boisbriand Armada. Um, the queue has struggled basically forever in the Montreal suburbs. Um, this team, it looked like they are doing pretty well. Um, they've had some on ice success, but, um, you know, the attendance hasn't been great. Um, you know, there have been rumors over the past few years that they're looking at, at moving somewhere else. Um, so that, that one's another one to keep an eye on. Again, no real obvious location for them to move to, but that's, that's something to keep an eye on too. Um, I've heard some rumors. Tell me if I'm way off base here, but I've heard rumors of possibly teams moving down into the States, like back into Maine or into New Hampshire or even upstate New York, Plattsburgh area or something. Oh, I love that. That'd be awesome for me. I'd love to see them uh, move back into into New England. Um, they've got a new commissioner um, in the queue, so I'm curious to see how aggressive he's going to be on that. Um, and DePaul, you know very well about the Lewiston, Lewiston franchise down there. Um, it's really too bad that that team kind of picked up and moved when they left because 
you know, the Portland market was available a few years later. The Manchester market is Manchester still available. Is still available. Yep. Big, yep. big old 7,000 seat rink sitting yep. there not being used. Yep. So like there's some there's some possibilities in, in the New England market for them. And I think they always envisioned having like a division similar to what the WHL has in, in Washington State. Obviously, there's significant, significantly more hockey competition in New England than in Washington State. Um, but I think they always envisioned Lewiston kind of building, um, you know, essentially a core following down there in, in New England. Didn't really work out. Um, definitely going to be interested to see um, if they kind of move back into that in the future. Because uh, the reality is that the Quebec League is kind of run out, out of places to go. If they want to expand anymore or if these markets they have aren't going to work, like they've kind of run out of places unless they're going to move back to uh, to Newfoundland. Um, they've kind of got to look south. Yeah, Newfoundland offers a, a whole host of of travel challenges. Yep. Um, I mean, you talk about you know Cape Breton being far from everything. If St. John's <laughs> got back into it, add another time zone to that. That'd question. be a cakewalk, man. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. Newfoundland seems to be doing okay in the ECHL. So, well, yeah, I guess I don't know. Uh, I Dan, I, did I step on you before? I'm sorry. No, no. Uh, everybody did. Oh, Dan, you had something, didn't you? <laughs> That's fine. Who cares what I have to think? Um, no, I was just curious how one ranks Videotron Center against the other Q arenas and then tries to enjoy the other ones after going there. <laughs> That's actually a battle I'm currently going through is I'm doing my rankings of all 60 ranks. And there's part of me that just wants to say, OK, Quebec City, um, Saddle Dome. Um, Edmonton, they're all just in their own little category down here and we'll rank the rest of them. But yeah, that's definitely, that's definitely a challenge. Um, cause I think if you're, if you're ranking best CHL ranks purely on, you know, shininess and newness and brightness, Edmonton is probably the best, um, cause they play in the Oilers rank. So, but that obviously that's, uh, not a fun, not a fun junior hockey experience though. No, <laughs> right. I right. just, I just, I, I still reject the idea that. You can build like the Videotron Center is gorgeous on the outside. It looks great on the inside, and I just can't get over the fact that you could build that and not try to put a a, a, a major league team in there. But that is that's just 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 my. You know, it's funny. It's just you my up personal experience. The ECHL. I think I think the Q would love for the ECHL to fail. In, <laughs> Definitely. In yeah. Well, right. There's a brand new arena in Trois Rivières, and if if that that's right, if that team goes, they'll oh my god, right in there, and they they had the Reading Royals number all year mm-hmm. last year, like the Reading the Royals were kicking the crap out of the other team, and they go there and just get smacked around like it didn't matter. And I'm like, Why is this happening? Why are you guys? And, oh, and it's annoying what? watching those. A similar similar market to. Uh, to Fredericton, very strong following for university hockey. Very yeah. strong. Yeah. Uh, and and, in fact, yeah. they still play in the old Polisay. Yeah. Um, and Trois Rivières is a really interesting one because um, they're so close to Schwenigan. Um, yeah. Only about, I don't know, 30, 40 minute drive. Um, actually, like during the 2012 Memorial Cup in Schwenigan, most of the teams stayed in Trois Rivières. Um, okay. so yeah, extremely close. So obviously a natural rivalry, but at the same time, you're probably looking at some Schwenigan fans being lost to, uh, this new Tarvier franchise. I'd love to see that happen though. Like I, I've, I've been to the new rink in Tarvier. It's beautiful. 
Um, in my opinion, probably the city is probably capable of hosting a Memorial Cup. Like it's a great city, uh, five thousand seat arena. Uh, would love to see it happen, but there's there's definitely some complications uh, there. But I believe the Lions' lease is up after this next season, so I think that that's definitely something to keep an eye on. It's a short contract. Yep, three brand, years. brand new arena, five year lease, huh? <laughs> huh. <laughs> Wow. I mean, they're, it's a great, uh, again, I watched, they played the Royals a lot and I watched so many of them. I'm like, well, I, I, just, I, I like the logo. And of course I like, they went with the blue and I was like, man, if the Royals weren't around, I would just hook my wagon to this one and just follow them. But that's a shame. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah. I, and you know, we were talking about Winnipeg before. I wonder if Winnipeg's answer is going to end up being the same that they have in Calgary where everybody and their sister plays in the saddle dome. <laughs> they have four teams, yep. four teams that play in the saddle dome. They've got the NHL team, the AHL team, the WHL team, and the lacrosse team all play there. Yep. Well, and Winnipeg I, yeah. could be not that far off, right? Yep. Like, yep. And I think, you know, the, the ice playing the WHL final in the Jets building, I think kind of opened a lot of eyes saying, oh, this is a, uh, so there's actually not, you know, extreme animosity between these two groups. They actually can work together. Um, so I think that that's, that definitely opens some possibilities. Um, not sure how successful it'd be. Not sure how successful it's it's going to be in Calgary long-term. Um, but it's definitely a possibility there too. Well, in Calgary, just it's got... everybody's owning. It's, yeah. it's all the same people who are owning everything. So, Yeah, yeah I was just going to ask, how do these teams do in these giant NHL arenas? Is it? Is it just like going into a mausoleum or is it, or do they yeah. draw good crowds? I know Quebec draws pretty decent crowds. Yeah. Quebec's pretty good. Like Quebec leads the, leads the queue in attendance pretty much every year. Um, it's, it's pretty good actually, you know, Calgary, Calgary, the upper, the lower, they just use the lower bowl in each of these mm-hmm. rinks um, and the lower bowl in Calgary is pretty small anyway. Um, so that's a pretty good vibe. Um Edmonton's a little sparse, um, especially just given the you know, Edmonton, just the arena itself is is massive. So it, it feels a little emptier than the other rinks, but um, it's not that bad. They do. And, you know, they do they do a pretty good job. And I think the teams kind of know that they what they're dealing with and they they do a pretty good job. Now, did you feel any when you were going out west, did you feel any of, uh, you know, was there anything that sort of you know, Saskatchewan felt a certain way or Alberta felt a certain way, BC felt a certain way or. Yeah. BC, BC really stood out just cause like I'm from the East coast. So I'm not used to like mountains and driving through all these, you know, ranges of mountains and stuff like that. So it's definitely a little bit different. Um, you know, Saskatchewan and, and Manitoba, like, like they're flat, like they are very flat. Um, Certainly colder than, you know, I knew it was going to be cold, but certainly colder than, uh, than I was probably expecting really windy. Um, but yeah, I like the rinks, the rinks, I guess they kind of had a little bit of distinctness. Um, you know, BC, everything just kind of feels newer and more modern in BC. Um, same a little bit in Alberta. Um, but then kind of, you know, get like to the Midwest, like Saskatchewan, those are all, most of them are older rinks and you can, you can kind of feel it in there. Um, older rinks and like, like classic junior hockey environments too. Um, it's it, honestly, it's too bad that Moose Jaw kind of left the, the crush can, 
Um, that was like a classic junior rink. And, I really and wanted to go and see you know, yeah, that same, one. It was, same. it was like this. It was yeah. like this. I don't know how to describe. Crush can yeah. is probably yeah. about the best way. Yeah. And their new rink is it's it's not good. Their new rink. Um, they they missed. They really missed a, an opportunity there. Um, but you know most of the, most of the other rinks there are really cool. Um, same with Brandon and Manitoba. Um, so yeah, definitely. Definitely kind of a bit of a different vibe, province to province. And then like in the in Washington State too. I mean, those are some huge rinks in uh, in Washington State. Um, pretty good sized for for junior hockey, but definitely on the the larger scale um for junior. Is there um do you think there's enough support, enough hockey fandom in Washington? for those teams to survive the arrival of the Kraken? That's a good question. Um, so far I'd say, yeah, like it looks like it's been a pretty good success and, you know, I know it's, it was nice to see, I think the Kraken's first season before just a little bit before their arena was ready. They played a lot of their preseason games in those WHL ranks, which was good to see. Um, and, and to be honest, I think it's, it might be helping those teams a little bit. I think the, you know, you go to a lot of those rinks and everyone's like a lot of people there wearing Kraken gear. Um, so it's really cool to see them have a, have a team to support, even in uh, even in Portland, too. Um, I think there's some Kraken fans going on there. So I, I actually think it's going to going to going to help them um, long term. Um, and I'm I'm really curious to see not just from fans, but from player development standpoint, to see if we start to see a lot more players um, come out of Washington and Oregon. That was I an interesting wonder sort of path that the junior hockey took like they left all those big cities they left toronto uh, like you said with montreal a very big struggle uh they left calgary and winnipeg and edmonton and and vancouver they left all of those and i think i feel like that it was actually the calgary hitmen that came back and showed that you could have both that you could have junior hockey in a big nhl city and it can it can do well. It can yeah. prosper. Um, I mean, if if the hitmen never hire um, Graham James, does the the do the do the Flames actually ever own the hitmen? I don't know. Maybe not. Right? Because yeah. because the the PR hit was so bad for them that they they all just ran for the hills, right? Like Bret Hart and and yeah. Flurry and and Joe Sackick, I think, was the other main owner there and they just sold to the to the flames at that point um but then you uh, had i gotta go by coming. <laughs> yeah they, you had teams coming back you had teams coming back to vancouver coming back to well toronto is a bit a whole different ball of wax um coming back to edmonton coming back to winnipeg so it's neat how yeah. how you know cyclical it was yeah yeah, and I mean, you look at Calgary and Edmonton. Obviously, those teams, those junior teams, are owned by those NHL clubs. But some, like, they're obviously supporting each other. Um, and you look at the markets that have kind of failed. You look at you know Vancouver and the Giants. Like that hasn't really worked out. Um, you know, Giants have left Vancouver for for Langley. Um, and, and you know, you don't you didn't see the Canucks kind of going out of their way and supporting junior hockey. You don't see the Leafs going out of their way and supporting junior hockey. And you don't you don't see the Jets going out of their way and supporting the Winnipeg Ice. Um, and those are markets that have struggled with junior hockey. So I definitely think you need, you kind of need to see the, the NHL market kind of the NHL team kind of step up and, and voice their support to try and get the fans to, to support them. 
Good uh, parallel with women's pro hockey there. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Did you, uh, what what fan bases did you feel like were the most kind of connected with their team or, or where, where did you feel that you, you saw like the best support or any surprises that, you know, wow, I didn't know that it was such a big deal here. Yeah, like definitely, definitely London and Kitchener. They're big. Those are big, big markets. You know, they're big crowds pretty much every game. Um, the the most surprising atmosphere was probably the Seattle Thunderbirds. And a few people had mentioned this to me who follow the WHL. They'd mentioned to me saying the best atmosphere in the league, in the, in the league is in Seattle. Um, that is a wow. loud, loud building. I was there. It's probably around 4,000 fans there. It wasn't sold out or anything like that, but it was, it was an electric building. Um, great, great atmosphere. Um, you know, pretty, you know, normal building, nothing, nothing too crazy about it. Pretty much pretty standard junior hockey building, but a terrific, terrific atmosphere. Um, and then in Quebec, like the Quebec rinks are, are pretty electric, even for regular season games. Um, Schwinnigan to me has one of the best best atmospheres in junior hockey. I think I think Schwinnigan kind of has like the the classic and kind of typical Quebec um, atmosphere. You, you know, you kind of want to get that that true um, Quebec junior hockey atmosphere. I think Schwinnigan is kind of the place to go. Um, a newer rink, um, but an electric building. Um, they they did a great job with that rink. It's it's got all it's got all the bells and whistles literally. Like there's there's like they've got like ten different horns that go off during the game. Um, great great video system, really modern. Um, yeah, they do they do an awesome job in Schwinnigan. Um, and then out east, like Halifax, Halifax is booming right now. Um, World Juniors were a huge success. Mooseheads have been really good the past couple of years. Um, how, Mooseheads are are really are a really good vibe right now. Um, really booming market. Um, they're they're doing really well. I think you come to Halifax and you see a lot of Moosehead stuff. Um, very much ingrained um, in the city. Do you have a favorite building that is no longer? Yeah. Uh, let me think here. Moncton Coliseum was interesting, uh, mainly because it was so hot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the the hottest rink I've ever been in, definitely the upper bowl of the Moncton Coliseum. Um, Lewiston was really cool. Like Lewiston was a cool time. Um, uh, back in the day, I really enjoyed it. It was uh, I, it's kind of sad to see how little fans are getting for the Nordiques games there. I was just there a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. There were not even a hundred people there. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of sad. That's sad. And it was a. Uh, I I saw some some great some great crowds in that building. They had a great that they're actually their last playoff series ever was against St. John. Um, so I'd really love to see that building come back to life at some point. Hopefully, it does. We'll see. Um, and then like probably the best one though was the old Colise in in Quebec City. Um, I only went there once as for the 2015 Memorial Cup final, but it was awesome, which I think was the pretty much the last game there, um, which was awesome. Awesome to see a game there. Um, such a unique building, so much history. Um, yeah, that was that was awesome. Awesome to see that. Uh, most unique thing that you saw. 
Oh, definitely, definitely the wolf in Sudbury. Uh, I was going to yes. say, wouldn't that, doesn't that have to be that wolf that they drag across the, the rafters or something? Yeah, definitely that wolf. The wolf in Sudbury is awesome, and I, I, the whole the whole rink in in Sudbury is really cool. If it's, I'd love to see them put some uh, a bit bit of money behind that rink because I think if they if they modernize that rink a little bit more, it'd be one of the better junior rinks in in, in Canada, in my opinion. It's like that classic old school feel um add some modern amenities and like that's a that's a pretty terrific junior i rink. love that rink and yep. when i when i wrote one of the first reviews for it and i gave it glowing reviews and yep. some of the locals back when we had comments some of the locals commented about how yeah no they didn't they didn't agree they want something new they're getting something yep. new so yeah you know get get your uh, Get to Sudbury again if you can, because in the next couple of years that they're going to wrap it up. Will the wolf make it over to the new building? I sure hope so. <laughs> yeah, I hope so too. Hope so and Stomp and Tom needs to get there too. <laughs> definitely, definitely. I'm actually a little disappointed how uh, Stomp and Tom was born in St. John, and they don't really honor him outside the, the TD station at St. John. I'd love to see that. They, wait a second. They have a they have a statue of Stompin' Tom Connors just because he wrote a song called Sudbury Saturday <laughs> yeah. Night. Yep. And that's it. And, yep. And they don't yep. have a statue of him in his hometown. Yep. Yep. Or in or in PEI. How many songs do you have about PEI? <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. And and you know what? I think Sudbury might win. Uh, they could challenge for the. And I don't know what the other places have, but they could challenge for the the best play-by-play alumni because joe bowen came out of the sudbury roofs uh, who's of course the well he's the radio guy for the leafs and has been forever when he wasn't the tv guy for the leafs and uh rob falds who had a very long career at yeah. at um sportsnet uh came out of came out of sudbury as well top-notch place yep yep awesome. uh Okay, you, I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll give you one favorite, one from each league, and I, maybe I'll give you two from Quebec just so you don't get your hometown mad at you. <laughs> All right, that's fair. That's fair. So right, we'll... you know my question, Dave. <laughs> hey, that's what I do. <laughs> okay, so let's start in Quebec then. So we'll do we'll we'll add in St. John, the obligatory uh, St. John uh that um Saint i wish John. i haven't been there yet i, oh. I really would like to go yep um, great rink i miss that the ahl is not in the maritimes anymore yep yeah it's hard to believe hard to believe it was such a such a big part of the ahl not that long ago and now it's uh now it's completely gone well hershey you know was a southern team and it went from the maritimes yeah. down to hershey and that was the ahl yep. corridor there you go you could get into the the home team's ear and and maybe they can you know, taxidermy a seal or something and <laughs> swing it across. <laughs> I mean, I'm into that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a good it's a good rink though. Like it's a uh, um built it's start built in the early nineties. So it's you know it's pretty it's on the newer end for a Q League rink. Um I always tell people it's got it's got good bones. Like it's got it's got a really good structure. Like they um two seating bowls around six thousand seats. So it's it's a good size um maybe a little bit big for the market i think it's you know the population's gotten quite a bit smaller since that building opened but still a, a pretty good sized junior building um 
it's starting to fall a little bit behind in terms of, of modernness, um, especially now where everything is going to be compared to the Avenir Center up the road in Moncton. Um, so I think um, they've got a new, some new, a new management company running uh, TD station beginning this year. So I, I think a lot of people are hoping to see it uh, modernized a little bit, but um, I think Ruin Aranda is probably my favorite Quebec league rink. Um and Kitchener is obviously my favorite in the OHL. I think there's a lot of similarities, kind of that that old school rink um, that's been expanded and modernized. Um, still kind of feels old school in a lot of ways. So those are probably my two favorites. And I'll give a, a mention to Moncton, the Avenir Center. I think the Avenir, the thing about the Avenir Center Moncton is um, similar to London's rink that was built for junior hockey. That is definitely one of the nicest rinks in Canada built for junior hockey. Um just uh it's it's honestly it's it's a palace in there it's a beautiful beautiful rink um whl is a little tricky um i really like seattle i'd really like the atmosphere my favorite rink though is probably portland i think the that old the old coliseum down there the glass palace um so much history um literally falling apart in a lot of ways like there's literally seats patched together with with duct tape um but an awesome awesome rink um i wish i had gone on a different night when i was there um there's a trailblazers game going on next door so there's hardly anybody there but um you know i'm sure when that building's rocking i'm sure it's an awesome atmosphere really really cool rink Okay, so without throwing anybody under the bus, were there any uh, rinks that you went to and were just like, eh, I'm not a fan of this one? <laughs> yeah, well, I'll I'll tell you the, the worst in the queue, and the, everyone knows it, so it's no secret. Everyone knows that Charlottetown has the worst rink in the queue. Um, probably the worst in the CHL. Um, and I always say this whenever I talk about the, the East Link Center, Charlottetown. Probably the worst rink in the league, but they really make the most of their building. They're not a team that says this building sucks and we're not even going to try. Um, they're a team that they do everything in their power to make this a really good experience. Um, if they had a new building, we're, we're talking probably one of the best game day experiences in the CHL. Um, they've done a lot. They've done everything they can to really improve this building, but um, it's, you know, you, you just can't move, you know, concrete, uh, <laughs> can't move concrete, can't move rails can't move you know glass barriers unfortunately so the sight lines are really poor um but they did add a sunrise video video board this year so that helps a little bit um then in the in the whl uh the new rink in moose jaw is is hey i don't want to sound i don't want to sound mean but it's it's a lifeless building it's uh it's it's dark there's really no character to it 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 you know, there's there's not even a full ring of luxury luxury suite, so it feels kind of half empty. Um, I was there when the when the building was sold out. It was it was not a bad environment. You know, Connor Bedard was playing, um, decent atmosphere, but even then, uh, it's it's rough. And also, one of the strangest exteriors. Like um, you wouldn't even know this rink was was there if you're driving by it. Um, it's straight downtown. Um, very easy to miss. It's really tucked away. Um, very. Very odd, uh, very odd building, and I know a lot of people uh, aren't aren't huge fans of that. Um, OHL, um, you know, there's a few. I think some of the 
some of the newer rinks that I think, you know, you kind of mentioned, Dave, like they're just, they're all the same. Um, it's just, there's not a lot of character to them. Um, they're nice rinks, but like, there's just nothing that really makes them special. Um, but I, I definitely think the OHL of the three leagues kind of has the overall, probably the best rinks of the three. All right. And now, geez, one more question. Everyone who's done a quest like yours has a horror travel story or a horror scheduling story that they had to endure to get to the finish line. Do you have any like that, Jamie? Oh, yeah, I do. I was in uh, I was in Saskatchewan in this past October, November. Uh, I was hitting uh, three teams, I want to say. I think I was hitting, uh, got the map right in front of me here. I was hitting Swift Current, Moose Jaw, and then Regina. Uh, so I drove all the way, I flew into Regina, drove to Swift Current, saw the game there, drove back to Moose Jaw, saw the game there. Um, but then I realized that there's going to be a storm the next day um, in Regina. So I actually went to the game in Moose Jaw watched the game, decided to drive back to Regina that night. So I would get there for the, uh, in time for the Sunday afternoon game in Regina without any problems. Um, and, um, Regina had played in Moose Jaw the night before. Uh, so I knew that they were going to be back. Uh, Moose Jaw was just playing in Regina t- on the day of the storm. So I was like, yeah, it's 45 minutes. I'm sure they'll be able to make it. Um, and of course they didn't. So, uh, Flew all the way to Saskatchewan, only got to see two games. And I was mad because that was actually going to be Arena 59 of 60. And I was going to close out 60 um, in Kamloops in December. Um, so I ended up having to fly all the way back to Saskatchewan um, this past March just to knock off um, that one rink in Regina. Actually, I ended up seeing a 3-3 three and three, uh, for the Pats, though, with, uh, with Bedard in the lineup. So it uh, wasn't... Could have been worse. So, uh, but yeah, that was that was extremely extremely frustrating. Yeah, that that's uh that puts a big kink in your plans right yep. there. Yeah. Uh, we've got one question, Jamie, because I know you do other projects on the side here. Um, so one of our listeners, Meg, I, I don't know, I think you know Meg. She she asked if you could please describe a little bit about what you did when you were working or following Team Canada for the Olympics, and she also wants to know what's next yeah. for you. Yeah. Yeah, I was actually. Yeah, well, Meg's asked my to... question that I usually ask. <laughs> <laughs> when I was in, uh, when I was uh, going to school in Toronto, I did an internship with uh, with Team Canada, uh, with the Olympic Committee, um, covered the Rio Olympics just from the Toronto office. Didn't actually go to Rio, but uh, uh, it was a unique experience though because the Rio Olympics were on the same time zone as us, so I got to really cover everything that uh, you wouldn't get to do otherwise for. Uh, for other Olympics, but uh, they've actually brought me back for every Olympic since then. So I've been doing a ton of writing for them and I've actually been covering, uh, Paul, you mentioned women's hockey. I'm actually covering a ton of women's hockey for them uh, over the past few years, covering men's hockey a little bit too. So uh, yeah, it's been really cool, really cool uh, working with them for the past uh, six or seven years now. Um, got to cover a lot of uh, unique sports that I wouldn't get to otherwise. Uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Um, and right now, along with that, I'm uh, still doing my writing, co- still covering the Sea Dogs every day for the blog Station Nation. Um, and also been uh, co-hosting a QMJHL blog uh, with the Hockey News this year. Uh, I guess maybe the best way to kind of wrap up junior hockey is with how they wrap up junior hockey every year. So 
thoughts on the Memorial Cup. I know uh, sometimes in sports radio, every year around this time, they they do a retrospective on the Memorial Cup and should it be changed and should it be different? For those who don't know, the Memorial Cup four-team round-robin tournament. So that's really unique. Everybody plays everybody and then you do semifinals and finals. Uh, experiences, I'm pretty sure that you were at the Memorial Cup when it was in St. John. Um, but experiences, thoughts on the Memorial Cup as a as a a way to wrap it all up. Yeah, yeah, I've been to quite a few Memorial Cups now, and uh, yeah, I was at I was at the Memorial Cup in St. John, which was uh, a blast. Um, when St. John got awarded the Memorial Cup, quite a few people actually messaged me and said, like, you'll you'll never forget a Memorial Cup in your hometown. Um, and it was totally true. Like it was a totally different experience having it in my hometown. Um, and to see the city come alive the way it did, like it was, it really, it really felt, uh, you know, not to compare it to the Olympics, but like, it felt like that vibe where like the tournament took over the city. Um, and that's, I think as sports fans, like you love that, like you love being in a city when that, that that's the vibe and everyone's following what's going on. Um, and so it's like, it's awesome. It's awesome to see that happen for a tournament like the Memorial cup. It's awesome to see, you know, fans from all over Canada come, um, there's a, you know, pretty big hardcore group that comes to the tournament every year, no matter where it is. Um, but having said that, um, uh, in my opinion, and I, I've, we've been talking about it all year on our podcast. We, a lot of people and myself included, I think it's time that we look at changing the format. I'd love to see, um, something completely different done with it. I'd love to see them look at, um, even something like they do in college hockey. That's a little different. Um, I'd love to see the tournament expanded, maybe look at having some regionals. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a radical when it comes to these ideas. Like I'd love to see them really try something new. I don't know if they'll do it, but I'd love to see them really try and go big, um, with something else. I see. I, I like the round Robin because it's just different. It's there's yeah. nothing else like it. So, yeah. uh, too often I find that it's. You know, like baseball once had playoffs that were unique and now it's they're going to be like hockey, like basketball and every, you know, again, it's, a, it's all the same. So I kind of like the round robin. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that's bad. What we need we need more baseball games. <laughs> 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 what place are the Phillies in? <laughs> all right. Before before we get really off the tracks again here. How did Toronto <laughs> do yesterday? Do good. Uh, they didn't play yesterday. Oh, the day before. Uh, I think they won. The I don't game. know. I don't All right, I'm going to take it right off now. the tracks now. Why weren't? Why wasn't there any tell any ba- baseball on television yesterday? It was Memorial Day for crying out loud? Don't get me wrong. I loved watching all the lacrosse, but still. <laughs> all right. So now that we have metaphorically lifted up the Memorial Cup, that's where we'll uh, end our discussion of the CHL. Hey. And thanks to everyone for listening. And Jamie, thanks for joining us. Uh, before you go, would you like to let our listeners know, uh, you mentioned a little bit about all the different projects you're doing in your own podcast. Would you like to let our listeners know where they can find you online and follow your stuff? Yeah, you can follow me uh, on Twitter. It's probably the best spot, at station underscore nation. And uh, you can find links to the blog and everything there. And uh, yeah, you can check us out at the, the Hockey News website, the Hockey News on the queue. We've got new episodes coming out uh, every week. Awesome. And thanks again so much for coming. Uh, Dan, where can our listeners follow you online? They're in fourth place. Dan Law 83. 
Did they just pass the Red Sox? Damn it. <laughs> no, no, uh, no, no, no. The Phillies. The the Blue oh, Jays are oh. still in fifth place. Um, <laughs> but they have a higher percentage than the Phillies because it's the American League and it doesn't make sense. Well, that's because Oakland A's are winning like they're on a pace to win 30 games all season. Crazy. Uh, Mark Viquez is not here with us tonight, but if you want to follow him online, uh, follow him at Ballpark Hunter. He's a multimedia conglomerate nowadays, so YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, and whatever Instagram, happened, it was his TikTok. wife's fault. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, where can our listeners follow you? And do you have any uh, stadium journeys tra- planned for the next few weeks before we get together again? I do. Uh, June 10th, heading to BMO Field for my first Toronto FC match of the year. Uh, they are absolutely horrible. They are so bad that they're worse than anything that Philly has. Uh, they're Yeah, they're just terrible this year. So I I got that on the 10th. And then the 18th, my daughter, which is Father's Day, of course. So my daughter wants to go see Ed Sheeran, which um, means that I have to go to the Argonauts game. So I will be at the home opener for the Toronto Argonauts as they bring home the Grey Cup. And you can follow all of that at Profan9 on Twitter and Instagram. Ed Sheeran's playing for the Argonauts this year? Uh, no, he's playing at the Scotiabank Arena, but I have no desire to go watch Ed Sheeran. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, And for me, uh, you can follow my stadium journeys on Twitter and Instagram at PuckmanRI. Where am I going before we all get together again? I don't know. I know I've got a ton of Brockton Rocks games, so if you're in the area, stop by Campanelli Stadium. And uh, all right, it was a little funny story. Um, those of you who have been listening for a while know I do the PA for several teams, the Brockton Rocks being one of them. Our new scoreboard did not arrive in time for the beginning of the season. And tied in with the new scoreboard is the new sound system. So I am not in my normal perch up in the press box doing PA. They have a, a giant temporary speaker sitting out in uh, left field in the uh, next in between the uh, the uh, what do you what do you call it? the event center and the stadium. So it's there. So I am out in deep foul ground left field trying to do PA from like 600 feet away from the ball field. So With it's, a it's pylon? Just huh? calling into a pylon like a cheerleader? Or? You know, I thought about it. They, they actually did <laughs> give me a megaphone. <laughs> no, they gave me a wireless mic. So after like halfway through the first game, I realized this is wireless. Why am I sitting way out here? And I started wandering around the stadium doing PA. It was pretty funny. And I wish it would have been a full stadium instead of just a couple hundred people. But it could they're gonna hire you to be just like the St. Paul Saints guys then. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that, that's been my recommendation to the ownership group is uh you want to see just... how to do it. You want to make this wacky, you want to make this fun, go to St. Paul, see how the Saints do a game. I just like it took you that long to realize there's no wire. <laughs> uh, uh you know, I do the games after I work all day, so I'm a little burnt usually. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wait a minute there's no wire here i'm getting up wait a minute i don't have to sit here i'm not tied here yeah. it actually that was it, there was a light bulb moment it was pretty funny uh remember you can find all of our stadium reviews news items and other feature stories on the website stadiumjourney.com follow us on our social media channels you can find us at stadium journey uh as far as the podcast goes you can find audio versions of the stadium journey podcast by searching h-i-a-c talk radio network wherever you look for your favorite podcasts. Video simulcasts of the podcast can be found on Stadium Journey's YouTube page and be part of our live studio audience like uh, Megan Gregory were. 
Every other Tuesday night, we record at 7 Eastern at danlaw.tv. We will be back. We're altering the schedule the next few weeks because of me. I will take all the blame. It's because of my crazy schedule. So we will be back again on June 20th. We will be joined by Tim Parks, the founder and owner of the MLB Ballpark Passport Program. That's a lot of fun. I am part of that program. It'll be a fun show. So as always, thanks everyone for your support. Thanks to Jamie Tozer for joining us tonight. For Dan, not for Mark because he's not here. And for Dave, this is Paul wishing everyone safe stadium journeys and close games. We hope to see you on the road again real soon. Be safe out there.